place where your love is shared the same For the stories where the hero saves the girl somehow Where the no further friends, the adventure never ends We will save the world somehow In Sunspots Comics Town Sunspots Comics Podcast, issue number 201, where I'll be recommending, but only lightly reviewing, the best of the new comic books that just came out, New Comic Book Day, Wednesday, March 20th, and March 27th. That's right, it's a (laughs) double-double. Well, I went on vacation recently with my lovely wife. Uh, We celebrated our wedding anniversary, and I got some kind of flu bug thing, and uh, it's kind of still lingering on, but uh, it's almost, almost out of here, almost out of the system. But uh, anyway, we are back, and we're ready to bring the nerd love right into your ear holes. I am your friendly neighborhood host, Chris Latori. Thank you so much for joining us. I hope that you and the people that you care most about in your life are in excellent mental and physical health, because that's really what is most important in life. Do us a tiny favor and hit the subscribe button to the Sunspots Comics Podcast. Then check out all of our past podcasts on our giant podcast feed. And please follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, Xbox Live, or YouTube. All at one easy-to-find place with one easy-to-find name, at Sunspots Comics. That's right, that's us. And I always love to start the show with some humble thank yous. Most importantly, thank you to you, the listener. Yes, thank you for listening to the Sunspots Comics Podcast. I know there's a lot of podcasts out there, so thank you for finding us in the sea of podcasts. Whether this is your first time just trying us out, or you're one of our Sunspots Comics loyalists, seriously, thank you for choosing the Sunspots Comics Podcast. And thank you to my friend Nick, Papa George. He's the dude that sings our Sunspots Comics theme song. Please check out his solo singing stuff on Instagram. He's at Nicholas.Dell, and his band Solution is at Solution underscore band. If you love island-style, feel-good, reggae-infused kind of music with rock sprinkled all in there, then you are going to love the sultry sounds of my friend Nick Papa George and his band Solution. So please check them out. And thank you, Nick. And also thank you to our sponsor, Pop-Up Tea. Check out their huge selection of nerdy t-shirts at popuptea.com. They have every single nerdy shirt you could possibly think of. I mean, they've got it all and then some. Just use the promotional code SUNSPOTSCOMICS. That's right, and you will get 25% off of any shirt order, even the clearance stuff. So please go check them out and thank you to popuptea.com. So now I've got my trusty knee pads on. Thank goodness. So let's go ahead and make a superhero landing. Ah, sweet. Really, no pain. Felt good. Right into the Sunspots Comics Podcast, issue number 201. Starting out with some stuff. That's been floating around inside of my nerdy brain. The first nugget of nerd lodged ever so deeply in my nerdy frontal lobe is that on March 30th, it is Batman's 80th birthday. That's right. So I wanted to say happy birthday to the Cape Crusader. The world's greatest detective, the Dark Knight, or whichever Batman is your particular Batman. <laughs> There's so many inclinations versions of them of him out there. My first encounter with the cape and the cowl was the Batman TV show in the 60s, late 60s, uh, starring Adam West and Burt Ward uh, and so many others. What a, what a great cast of just uh, <laughs> hilarious people. 
Uh, it was all about the colors, the huge, bright fun, the comic book lettering. That was, I just loved it. Bam, piff, pow. The uh, oddly slanted screen. Yeah, that, that was a thing that so many others have have taken from the Batman TV show. But I love it. The cheesy, of course, hilarious practical effects. I just loved it all. I mean, maybe what I loved most about it, I think, was just all those wonderful toys. <laughs> I just loved all the bat-themed gadgets. You know, it just always put bat in front of them. Uh, there's just so much. I mean, even that the current Tom King run on Batman, I miss the gadgets. I miss them. Bring some of that back, Tom. Come on. <laughs> My personal favorite Batman, like, is just the one that really just goes to the utility belt like all the time. That's my personal favorite Batman. I mean, he he's he uses his billions to make these clever bat doodads, especially I think it's just fun when he makes like micro bat gadgets. Those are always really super fun cuz everything is it's got to be tiny if it's going to fit on the on the utility belt. I just love that. So, to the Batman writers in the DC universe, please bring back the bat doohickeys. <laughs> and if I and if I had to pick maybe like a favorite bat version of Batman like now, like right now that I'm currently really enjoying, if I had to just pick one, because there are a few I like, um, it it would be the Batman animated series that's been restored to to high def on the DCU streaming service. I watched I only watched all 85 of the episodes of that series uh, when they first happened from uh, 1992 to 1995, just once. And so I'm really enjoying like going back and watching them again. And they, they just, the series, the Batman animated series, it added such depth and complexity to Batman that was just absolutely surprising in an animated series. It was dark, it was heavy at times, but also like playful and funny. They, they had a good, the Joker stuff was great with Mark Hamill. I mean, come on, Kevin Conroy is Batman. They, they just, uh, they created a foundation of the very sound of Batman for many generations. I mean, plus, in the Batman animated series, there was a good, wouldn't say great or over-the-top amount, of the bat toys that I love, so we got to see those from time to time. But anyway, happy birthday, Batman. We love you. <laughs> and another thing that's lodged up inside of my nerdy brain really good is Shazam! <laughs> that's right. Sorry for your ear holes there. Um, I got my tickets to see Billy Batson and his pals on April 4th at 4 o'clock. That's right, four, four at four. <laughs> I will probably see it four times uh, from just all the positive reviews that I'm really trying hard to avoid. I saw an interesting article from uh, Comic Book Resources recently that I shared on Twitter, by the way, at Sunspots Comics, that said that when we see Shazam in the theater now, the new version of Shazam, it actually won't be Shazam's first live-action movie debut. Uh, back in uh, March 28th of 1941, that was the first time. It was before uh, the legal battle between DC and Marvel, so it was actually called The Adventures of Captain Marvel. And they, of course, since settled that in multiple lawsuits. I'm sure billions of dollars were exchanged, and uh, you know now they call him Shazam. But back then, it was The Adventures of Captain Marvel in this 1941 series. It was 12 parts, and it was black and white, and it was actually like a movie serial that ran ahead of all the major films in the theater back then, along with and paired with a cartoon which they did quite often, but it was a live-action, black-and-white Shazam series called The Adventures of Captain Marvel. So this isn't the first time. I mean, even the... the It was like the Shazam, or the Captain Adventures of Captain Marvel uh, movie series, actually ran ahead 
of the of the Fleischer, the Superman Fleischer Studios cartoons, which I love. And it beat Superman by six months. So, yeah, Shazam uh, was definitely a helpful spark <laughs> um, in starting the beloved franchises of superheroes over the decades. So I'm just super excited to see Shazam! Four, four, at four. Yes, super excited. Can't wait to see it, and I'm sure I will giving, I'll be giving you a review, a spoiler-ish review, in the very near future of Shazam! <laughs> and the next third nerdy thing that's just bouncing around inside of my weird nerdy brain is the WonderCon announcement Friday that the DCU streaming app will make the entire DC Comics line catalog, the online catalog, available to subscribers at no additional cost. That's right. Every single, they are saying, quote-unquote, DC Comics that they have made available online. So you'll be able to see the and read the entire DC catalog on their DC Universe app. That's just, that's crazy. That's got to be a billion comics or something. <laughs> um, plus, all the new releases of DC Comics, you'll be able to read them on the DCU app as well, just one year after they have been printed. After a standard DC comic is printed and in local comic book shops, one year later, you can read them for your membership service charge uh, to the DC Universe streaming service. That's just great news. I mean, that's that's big news. That's a lot of comic books, folks, that you're going to be able to read. Uh, DC Universe, uh, they didn't it kind of announce exactly when it's going to be available, but they just said very soon. In one line, they actually said this month, which it uh, printed before April 1st, so I checked it. It's not there yet, so very soon, though. <laughs> but it's absolutely great news that DC is just fully sharing all of their digital comics and making the DCU app that much more robust, which it already is robust. Not to mention you get live-action shows like Titans and Doom Patrol and the new HD Batman animated series that's there, which is just gorgeous. Um, so it's just all excellent. It's jam-packed with, with stuff. I can't wait to whenever very soon means where they'll have the entire DC Comics archive there. And it's just like 8 bucks a month. Or even if you signed up when there was a promo, you got like 25% off of that. So it was like, I don't know, six bucks a month. And they even have free trials going on where you can sample like Titans and Doom Patrol. I think probably just the first episodes. So it's worth every penny, in my opinion. So I cannot wait to read a bunch of Golden Age DC comics available on the DCU, DC Universe streaming app very soon. That's just, just been jammed up inside of my nerd brain. So I wanted to share that with you. And the last thing that's floating around inside of my nerd brain is that I'm creating my very own comic book. It's called Zombie Destroyers. I'm just so very proud of it. It's been so much fun. I can't wait to release it. I got the last two pages of Zombie Destroyers two weeks ago of the first issue, and I created it. I'm doing the writing and the lettering. And please follow the Zombie Destroyers team on Instagram. You've got the artist of Zombie Destroyers, Jordan Hudson. Check out his Instagram, at Skablad, S-K-A-B-L-A-D-D. And colors by Caroline Nalasco, at Carol N. Art. And if you want to get a glimpse to put your eyeballs on what my comic book Zombie Destroyers looks like, just head over to sunspotscomics.com and click on Zombie Destroyers, and you will see three beautiful, glorious, colored sample pages right there for you. That's sunspotscomics.com, and click on Zombie Destroyers. Next up is a quick mention of the interview segment called Spotlighting. Spotlighting is where I get to share with you my conversations with comic book creators. Please check out this spotlighting interview that's on the Sunspots Comics podcast feed right now that I'm very proud of. It's a conversation with comic book creator, writer, and artist Daniel Warren Johnson. 
Let me tell you, he created and wrote and did the art for two of my favorite comic books of all time, Extremity and Murder Falcon from Image Comics, which both of those, by the way, have been Sunspot's Comics top picks of the week, so you got to look at them. But we talk about just so much with Daniel Warren Johnson, his process of making comics, how he got into the comic book business, and just so much more. We actually nerded out for almost two hours. We just lost track of time. He is definitely one of my favorite comic book creators of all time. I even played two of his metal-shredding guitar tracks on the intro and outro. He's just a crazy good guitarist. So please, give a listen to our Daniel Warren Johnson spotlighting interview. That's on our feed. Oh, and before I forget, also on Sunspots Comics Podcast, issue number 196, I have two short interviews from this year's Long Beach Comic Expo. One with Marguerite Bennett, who's the writer of Animosity from Aftershock, and DJ Kirkbride, who is the writer of Aaron Boys from Image Comics. you got to listen to those. They are two fantastic writer-creators. Please check them out and so many other great interviews with comic book creators on the Sunspots Comics feed right now. Go, check them out. Oh, and by the way, if you work in comic books or you're trying to break into the comic book business, like me, let's have a fun chat about your comic book right here on a future Sunspots Comics podcast. I do have to genuinely enjoy your comic book to help promote it. That said, go and send me a message with a review copy of your comic book to my email, chris at sunspotscomics.com, or message me at sunspotscomics so we can set that up. So now, onto the Soul Stone, the super-powered main event of the Sunspots Comics Podcast, which, which is our comic book recommendations. I'm about to share with you my favorite picks of the new comic books that just came out on New Comic Book Day, Wednesday, March 20th, and March 27th. That's right, a double feature you're about to get. And just in case, here is your super-duper light, semi-spoiler-ish alert. But seriously, do not worry. I really just want to inspire you to go get these comic books and read them without spoiling them. Why would I do that? I never, never, ever discuss the last couple of pages or the cliffhanger. I leave that alone. And I only discuss just some of the interesting points that is in a comic book. Because there's a bunch of interesting points that makes up a comic book. But just in case, if you're spoiler sensitive like me, here you go. Here is your super duper semi-spoiler-ish alert. And before I get into the top comics real quick, I just wanted to announce, of course, this week's Artist Winner and Cover Artist Winner of the Week. Every week, I pick what I believe is the best of the comic book art of the week. So put your nerdy eyeballs on these now. I promise you, you'll be so happy that you did. My pick for Cover Artist Winner of the Week and Artist Winner of the Week, that's right, it's both, winner in both categories, is Carl Kershaw and Miss Assie K for Isola issue number seven from Image Comics. You gotta get this and look at it. The art is stupendous. Follow them at Carl Kershaw, bunch of a bunch of K's there, K E R L K E R S C H L, and Miss Assie K is M S A S S Y K. They're on everything social media wise. Definitely follow them. They're fantastic artists. But this wonderful art team, by the way, they are previous Sunspots Comics winners for their lovely talent in the area of art. It's just gorgeous and cannot be denied. Isola, the cover, this particular cover on issue number seven, it just really stands out. It's got, of course, this white map background, like this Lord of the Rings kind of background. And it's just this beautifully detailed, like pale blue shot of Captain Rook as she stands there in this in their in her otherworldly kind of military garb it's the best way to describe it and the uh and this of course just beautiful strikingly unique isola font 
And I love little strange hieroglyphics that are right below the giant font of the word Isola. It's just very interesting and, and weird that they've created their own sort of hieroglyphic language that is, is, that's in Isola. It's fantastic. And, and so now, the beautiful cover. you got to look at it. And in the Isola interiors, I mean, it's just filled with so many lush and vibrant landscapes. It's just you get kind of lost. And looking at the world of Isola... That's it's definitely a character in this comic. They just they will take your breath away. I promise you. You gotta look at it. And this kind of amazing detail, it just it immerses me every time I read it. It's like I'm just sort of trapped in the land of Asola for a little while. And I love that. It's like you sort of it's you forget everything else and you just love living in this lush landscape. But I absolutely love this opening sequence that's kind of set in this Grand Canyon-like ravine. It's just so beautifully colored in oranges and like sandy browns. And you can definitely see all these different sized beams of light that are kind of scattered all around, which really just give the whole scene a very realistic feeling to it. And I love the, absolutely love, maybe my favorite part of it is just the maj these majestic expressions that are on Queen Olin, the, the tiger the queen that's been magically turned into a tiger. It's just these realistic expressions you have to see. And uh, it just, it really just, it, it makes it feel real. And, uh, oh, and you just feel the emotion and this, like, longing that Queen Olin has when she sees this reflection of her mother in the river. It's beautiful. It's a tiger looking at its reflection. And then you see, you see this woman that's laid upon, like, this lady in the lake. And it's just fantastic. You got to see it. And uh, Oh, and I love the use of different shades of pink whenever there's like a vision sequence. It's just something that just stands out and looks like something you've never seen before. And when I read Isola, I, I just, I want to play Zelda, like very bad, like on my Switch. It just feels like they kind of live in a very similar world. So it's just very lovely, that is Isola. So that is why Carl Kershaw and Miss Assy K of Isola, issue number seven from Image Comics, you guys are easily... Both our cover and artist winners of the week. Thank you, Carl and Miss Assy K. Beautiful stuff, Isola. And the breakdown. I actually read uh, in my two-week pull list, I had a list of 38 comic books. That's right, in two weeks. Whew, it was a doozy. And only four of those 38 comics made it to the Great Ones recommendations list that I'm about to discuss. That's right, it is not easy to make it to the Sunspots comics recommendation list. So... They're about to be, uh, I'm about to tell you what they are here very soon. And new number ones, I actually had seven new number ones in the two weeks, and only two of them made it to the top pick list. That's right, they gotta be great. The others were just good, didn't quite make the cut. It's gotta be that uh, awesome. So, oh, and by the way, you should get those two new number ones that I'm about to discuss, because uh, then you can just be in on the fun from the very beginning and not miss anything, because that's there's something special about that, so... Just grab those new number ones for sure. Grab them all. The the comics, the four comics I'm about to talk about are A+. So here we go. Here are my top comic book recommendations. This is my list of what I consider to be the best of the new comic books that just came out these last two Wednesdays, New Comic Book Day, March 20th and March 27th. I strongly, strongly recommend you go and buy these at your local comic book shop today. Please support your local comic book shop for instance, me, I actually support Comic Madness in Ontario, California. Just wanted to give a shout out and say hello to Lee, and, and he's the owner, and manager Jeremy, who's a buddy of mine. 
Um, Jeremy, by the way, is actually currently working on a variant cover for Zombie Destroyers issue number one. That's right, the comic book that I created. He's working on it as we speak. I can't wait to see it all done, so thank you, Jeremy. Please give him a follow. Check him out on Instagram, at SkeletonKing82. Yes, and go and support your local comic book shops today. They really need the help. Now, there are four great comic books this week that I am about to recommend, so here we go. Coming in... At number four is Neon Future, issue number one. This is from March 27th, by the way. And this is from Impact Theory Comics. And Impact Theory Comics is a kind of a new startup comic book company, which is just really exciting. And they have just poured a bunch of love into this, and you can absolutely feel it. Let me list off the team here. The big, the big sort of get on Neon Future issue number one is Jim Kruger. Yes, he is uh, known for the being the creator uh, in the DC comic world uh, for the series called Justice. One that I remember that just kind of pops immediately into my head that Jim Kruger did was the, or he co-wrote the Matrix comic book series, which I really enjoyed. I love the movie, of course. Keanu Reeves, one of my favorites of all time. Take the red pill, folks. <laughs> but they landed him as writer he it was also co-created and it comes kind of from the brain of uh, dj artist steve aoki so that's fantastic that they were able to kind of grab that guy and say hey what's floating around in your brain kind of a cool story that we could sort of land and help launch our new comic book imprint that's called impact theory so very exciting stuff and then the art team my goodness let me read their names to you because uh, they are just wonderful wonderful artists but uh, I definitely, definitely recommend... I'll get to the, that in a second as I'm looking it over. The opening sequence of this... Uh, before the opening sequence, there is a wonderful paragraph here that establishes the world of Neon Future. And it basically says that uh, people that have infused technology into their body are kind of... They're being outlawed. And uh, the government has, has used so much uh, robotic and artificial intelligence... Uh, machinery in the world that it's created kind of mass hysteria in this kind of apop apocalyptic future ish in a future that doesn't feel so far away <laughs> it feels like maybe just a few years from now which is which adds a level of sort of frighteningness to it uh, but by the way uh, the artist is neil edwards and jeremy rapack fantastic gotta give a nod to colorist too such so many neon colors and such it's very kind of dark but then there's a stark contrasty palette of neon colors uh, by colorist abraham lee so very sharp and uh, it, this just looks very polished. It looks very top-notch and great premise. And the primary character that is the sort of head of this rebellion that has infused tech into his own body and to other people's bodies, he looks like Steve Aoki. Uh, his name is Kida. Uh, Kida Sovi. And he looks like just like a spitting image of Steve Aoki. And uh, I love the action sequences in this. They are... They are harsh. They are brutal. They are uh, violent. They are definitely over the top. And there's a, a lovely sequence, again, using that uh, many different shades of pink, where a character that is uh, very much against the rebellion of tech-infused people uh, actually it gets into this car crash and is uh, near death and saved by this rebellion of people that he hates. And it, you, it, it's, it, it would feel like they were doing this on purpose to him, but they didn't. They didn't want to create this martyr. Uh, they even say that they'll just give him the option to leave. They'll help him. They'll, they'll bring him back to life. He's in bad shape after this car accident. They needed to work on and add some technology to his brain 
which is not completely laid out yet. I like that, that they're just kind of slowly pacing it, and we don't know exactly what the kind of unique powers or unique abilities that our main character, or we're not sure if he's our main character at this point, because this is a lot of introducing to characters, building of the world. But the way the, the, the different colors of pink, that this uh, moment to where they're kind of in the, he's kind of in the matrix, kind of like a loading program, uh, for his new tech that's going into his brain is gorgeous. There's like this almost like Stargate that's there, but it's like it's made and designed by this dragon like a, of stone that sort of almost looks alive, but it's like that is what it, the gate is actually made of is this beautiful design of this unique looking kind of Japanese style dragon. So it's it's gorgeous stuff and our main character in the Matrix has that sort of have a, almost how his sort of look changes when he's in that that loading program, if you will, is very cool looking. He's a hooded figure with a lot of infused blue neon. He's got this great almost lightsaber-like sword. So there's a ton to sort of dive into. This is um, a bit, uh, a lot of information. So I did have to kind of go over it uh, twice, but very much worth it because it's a ton of fun and it's setting up a very interesting, unique world. Like I said, it's got a great premise. So uh, again, our number four pick of the week is the debut issue number one of Neon Future from the brand new comic imprint called Impact Theory Comics. So very, very cool. Now coming in at... Number three, your top three now, here we go, is Stronghold, issue number two. This is from Aftershock Comics, and this is uh, written by Phil Hester, and this is fantastic, realistic, cartoony-style art, mixing that, that genre, which I love, uh, by Ryan Kelly. And uh, issue number one of Stronghold from Aftershock Comics was a top pick of the week. So it's on a roll. Issue number one and two are super solid. So I definitely recommend you jump in right now because it's only on issue number two. So get Stronghold. But man, Stronghold is just this. It's th This particular issue is this great introduction into the adversary, which is a great name for the actual adversary. Simple. <laughs> this, by the way, comes from the new comic book day of uh, week of March 20th. And uh, so he's also called the teacher that he's called. And he I just love the design of the adversary. He's like a xenomorph that's mated with like a purple symbiote. That's the best way to describe him. But he's like this agent of chaos at this point because he, he's doing and talking and planning about some things that are uh, very destructive and it seems like they're trying to destroy the world. But then he's also trying to sort of make sure that moments in the world are captured so that that the sort of feeling of heroism will sort of spread and continue on in the human race. So kind of an interesting character. Not really sure if he's good or bad at this point. And then this, he's in this strange place. I forget where he is, like somewhere in, in Mexico or something. And it uh, there's a, a woman that's like, I don't know, maybe a, a, like a servant of his that has a young baby that's crying and is very ill from what I don't remember. And he's bothered by this crying baby, this, again, this, the adversary, this alien xenomorph mixed with a, with a symbiote. He's bothered by the baby's crying. He's like, bring that baby to me. And you're like, oh, is he going to eat it? Like, what's going to happen? <laughs> but he doesn't. He, he instantly turns his hands into these venomous-like uh, tendrils. And he's purple all over. So it's just wicked-looking like these, again, purple intestines floating around this baby, covering it. You're thinking, okay, he's about, the adversary's about to ingest this baby. No, he actually heals the baby of whatever this 
this serious ailment that the baby has. And it even ages forward to where there's more hair on the kid and it looks bigger. And it's just a happier, calm little toddler now instead of like a newborn. So the adversary is complex. And I like that as a as a villain or character that uh, may be portrayed as the villain in Stronghold. Not sure. But the next sequence after that, which is the introduction of the adversary, is kind of a dream sequence that we see um, Claire, one of our, our main characters, that is from this this underground uh, race of people that can power water into weapons. It's like this dream sequence that involves her like being in a pool of blood, and it's just so stark compared to the kind of purple hue you have going on with the adversary, and then it's like, boom, a ton of red and blood, and it's a little horrifying. It takes that little turn, if you will. But this still has, like, the chosen one that is, again, from the underground world of the people that control water that is destined to do something that could seriously affect the world or destroy it. But he's kind of, they've kind of wiped his memory and they threw him out into the world to kind of live as a normal person. But he just feels that something in the world isn't right. And this is really just a, right here, an exploration of him not fitting into the world and trying to find his place. And he runs into these guys that are, that are getting ready to attack him. And there's like all these hidden, uh, his people that are hidden all over the place that, again, can wield water into weapons that quickly save him and then leave. And he's just like, what the heck? He's like still trying to figure out what is going on. And there's some sort of connection between him and Claire. That's kind of the the main thrust of it. It's a little bit of that reluctant uh, romantic relationship. Like she feels drawn to him and so he does to her. But there's so many other issues and things going on that will that actually happen. But... I love it. Stronghold is complex. It's interesting. feels fresh and very different. Definitely check out Stronghold immediately, folks, from Aftershock Comics. It is fantastic. That is our number three pick of the week. Coming in at number two is also another number, new number one. It is Spider-Man Life Story, issue number one. And this is from New Comic Book Day, March 20th. And this is from the team, uh, the artist team, which made me most excited. I think the reason why I grabbed it is a veteran comic book Spider-Man artist, artist Mark Bagley. And he's he did Spider-Man for so long, he had an absolutely respectable long run on Spider-Man in the 90s and beyond and sprinkle into 2000s. And uh, this is written by Chip Zdarsky. And I love the absolutely interesting-looking pale blue cover of uh, the sort of Vietnam helicopters and Spider-Man's just hanging on there. Very simple design, but very interesting to look at with the uh, Vietnam-era helicopters, army helicopters going by, and Spider-Man is just hanging on to dear life. So I dig that. And it is set in 1960s. It's set in the 1966. Even in the title, it says the 60s. So this is issue number one. And what I think what's really interesting about this is it's 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 full of nostalgia. It's definitely an absolutely beautiful bit of nostalgia for me in a bunch of ways, being Mark Bagley, being that it's set in the, uh, you know, the pre-Vietnam era, uh, which is right around uh, I'm an early 70s baby so it's right around my childhood so this this has a it rings true to a lot of the the times and what people were going through then but reading this wonderful comic comic book absolutely inspired me to go back and look into some of the original amazing Spider-Man to just kind of check the timeline because this is kind of a what if or an exploration into what Spider-Man was doing on in 1966 it was like year 4 it's like he's graduating high school, he's going on to college, or he's actually in college, I'm sorry, and uh, and working on an internship. 
And so I just want to see that timeline. It makes me kind of interested in, in, in looking back into Amazing Spider-Man's timeline. I do have the majority of them, which is crazy, of uh, the, at least the first 500 of Amazing Spider-Man. So I can I can thumb through those quickly. But um, so was it like a retelling or a reimagining? I'm I'm not exactly sure. Can't quite tell you. It's open to interpretation. But the opening sequence is a little bit of uh, Spidey's origin, but it just sprinkles it for a sec and moves quickly on to the year 1966. And the interesting interesting part about this is that, and I, I don't think this happened in Amazing Spider-Man, but I could be wrong. It's been I've I've read most of them, but I, not all of them through the through the 60s. Uh, this is this has a lot of Spider-Man's friends uh, dealing with the Vietnam War, uh, dealing with uh, joining up and, and is there a draft? The impending sort of is there a draft coming? We're gonna have to go to to war. Some people going off to protest. It's just really a a, a nice little sort of love letter of that time from other things, not just the Vietnam War. From the look of it, from the clothing, from just everything, from the cars. And it's just it's just that kind of lovely little love letter to the seventies. I think Mark Bagley is just a uh, he's in his sixties now. I would think, um, and so this must be an era he's very familiar with. And I absolutely love the sequence where Peter Parker is watching television and Iron Man is in Vietnam. So that just kind of adds a whole other sort of dimension to this comic. Like, what's what did he do in Vietnam? Like, I, I, I kind of want more of that. And then also. Captain America is on the scene and kind of talking about that he's more than likely going uh, to Vietnam very soon to do his part. And so Peter is like conflicted. He's this young guy and he likes helping out his neighborhood and likes helping out, you know, Queens. <clears throat> and he's just, or should I, he's like, should I enlist? Should I jump in and, and do my part in the Vietnam War with my powers in some sort of secretive, quiet way? And I think my favorite sequence is when he deals with Flash Thompson. That he actually has this conversation uh, they're having like a going away party for Flash. Flash Thompson at this point, he's still just being the normal a douche, a Flash. And but Peter Parker, like, he's he's Spider-Man now, and he has that strength. And so he comes off a little too strong, like, to Flash. And where people are kind of embarrassed by him, like, okay, whatever, this man is going to be a hero. He's enlisted. He's going off to to fight for our country. And then Peter like has a moment where he's sort of, okay, I was wrong, and apologizes to him, and says, but you know what, Flash? You were an absolute jerk to me. You made high school a living hell for me. And Flash even has this, well, I, I know I was, a, I was a miserable person, and I'm sorry, too. And they just have this connected moment. I don't think they had it all in the Amazing Spider-Man timeline, original timeline. So it, it, I, it's got to be this sort of what-if and kind of an exploration of the year 1966. But... Anyway, the Green Goblin's on the scene. They even sort of uh, talk about how, or establish here that uh, that Norman Osborn, who is the Green Goblin, knows that he's Peter Parker, but Peter Parker is just first revealed of this, and how they handle that is kind of interesting and a little different into the Spider-Man lore of things. And the action sequences drawn by Mark Bagley are just... They're right cut out of my childhood. They just make me happy. They just they, they look fantastic. It's that cartoon animated style. He loves to have Spider-Man flying through, swinging through New York and in these strange, twisted, upside down, insane positions. And it's just it's just wonderfully done. And even the emotions on the face, I think that over over time, Bagley's just gotten better with that, with the eye lines and the emotionality of the characters. And his paneling work, I would say, is also just it's um, it, it, a lot of them the, where Spider-Man's leaping over a building, it's coming out of the panels, 
the 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 way they're they're cut and the view angles from say low to high up in the sky it's just very kind of modern-esque taking mark bagley's kind of older design he's an older guy but adding some sort of modern twist to it absolutely love it very happy to see it so definitely check out spider-man life story issue number one looks like it's going to be a mini series i don't know the number yet it's probably six or twelve that's the way about 38 percent of them go but uh spider-man life story issue number one it's fantastic just uh like i said huge cake of nostalgia if you're a little older spidey reader you're gonna love it but here we go now, on to the number one top comic book pick of the week, the Jedi Master, the King, the Supreme Leader. The number one top comic book pick of the week is Isola, issue number seven. This is from New Comic Book Day week, March 27th, and this is, of course, our artist's winner and cover artist's winners of the week. Uh, this is... Um, just a, a thing of absolute beauty. You have to see it. It's been a previous Sunspots Comics podcast winner for the area of art and the area of cover art. And this is written by Brendan Fletcher and Carl Kershaw. And it's also art by our artist winners of the week, Carl Kershaw and Miss Assie K. And if I could describe the sort of art style of Isola, it's it's cartoony. It's a smidge of anime. It looks like a, a live-action-y kind of Zelda. Like I said, it puts me there. But it's it's beautiful. It's it's a, a whole new bunch of creatures. It's this fantastic realm that centers around this story of this Captain Rook that's trying to bring her queen to safety. Her queen, named Queen Olwyn, has been magically turned somehow into this blue tiger with these blue neon stripes. It's just wonderful and, and just a stark contrast to some of the dark coloring that's in this comic but um it's beautiful absolutely beautiful to put your eyes on like i said the opening sequence with this uh, ravine that looks like kind of the grand canyon has this these statues that are carved into the side of these of the walls of this ravine that looks ancient like it's been there forever and i love that the world definitely feels old and lived in for eons and centuries and i do if i if i remember i think in Isolation number one it said it might be earth uh, a long time ago. So, maybe. I could be wrong on that. But the opening sequence, like I said, it uh, it's beautiful in this ravine. And they show these lovely kind of owl creatures. Owl kind of bat creatures. That are camouflaged into the brown and sandy golden walls. And then just sort of takes flight. And it fills the sky. And it's just this moment of beauty. They do that often. Where you just kind of sit and stare at the glory of Isola. And then my favorite sequence again is is that is the Queen Olwyn. Uh, she ha it's maybe they, there are flashbacks, there are dream sequences, so it, it probably is that where she hears this voice and she's called to the river that's nearby. And this blue ti this blue tiger stares into this river, and it's just this love kind of you know stone thrown into a puddle kind of look throughout this river, and then this tiger sees this image of this woman kind of woman kind of laying flat and her eyes closed and it's the image of her mother and again it looks like this lady of the lake kind of excalibur sort of situation as the tiger looks just sadly looks longingly uh, towards uh, its mother in this river so it's you can see it in the eyes you can feel it in the in the subtle facial expressions of this blue tiger dark blue tiger with these light neon stripes it's beautiful and when, um, oh, and this other time is when they meet this other group of people. They're an interesting sort of tribe of people that live within these walls of this ravine. 
in these in these caves. And there's like a protective spell around the entrance to their cave. They they want to help. They're these these people that want to provide shelter for uh, Captain Rook and and Queen Olwen the tiger. They want to provide some food and shelter, but they have a, a ring of protection with these sort of golden leaves that are around the edge of the cave. And our Queen Olwen is currently cast under a spell, and it's supposed to keep spells out or just keep evil spirits out. And when she steps, when, they, when this blue tiger steps upon these golden leaves, there is this flashback, this vision that, again, is all in pink and all these interesting shades of pink involving her mother and brother and being morphed into animals so it like there's something that's triggered there being around these people and around this uh spellbinding protective spell that is around the cave of this indigenous tribe of people that live in these cave walls it's crazy but um what is going to happen they're running low on supplies she's just trying to find the uh, land of Asola, that's the name of it, that the, the sort of safe haven that she wants to find and bring the queen to where her people are. But they're on the run. There's people trying to, you know, take the queen out of power. And Captain Rook is just trying desperately. She's just a, an army of one trying to fight off the elements, fight off uh, starving and fight off all these sort of these creatures of this insane fantasy forest that are just every day trying to eat them. Um as she's just desperately trying to make her way to the land of Asola. And I just love, again, those hieroglyphics that are sprinkled here and there that just kind of put an exclamation point that on this world and really makes you feel uh, that it's that, that extra bit of time has been put into this comic to really create this immersive, unique fantasy world. And it's just an absolute pleasure, thing of beauty. I wish it delivered a little more regularly, a monthly, there was like a one through four were monthly, and then all of a sudden it's like four months till number five came out, and that seems like it's been every two months since since then. But if you haven't read it and you want to go back and read all the seven issues right now, you just read them. So go to your local comic book shop and get Isola. Like I said, it's a artist winner of the week. It's been a cover artist winner of the week uh, numerous times. It's fantastically beautiful, and I highly recommend Isola. If you love fantasy and you love just like I said. Um, a, a blue tiger, a queen that's been turned to a blue tiger. That, if any of that interests you, anyway, definitely read Isola from Image Comics. It is just an absolute masterpiece, thing of beauty. So, uh, so there you have it. Those are my new comic book recommendations for New Comic Book Day, March 20th and March 27th. Let me go ahead and lock that comic book vault door. There you go. So please go to a local comic book shop immediately, support them, help them, and buy those four comics I just talked about. They're they're masterpieces. They're wonderful. Get them. And if you have any questions, comments, or you'd like a personal comic book recommendation from me, please email me directly, chris at sunspotscomics.com. And to see the Sunspots Comics universe encapsulated in one place with all of my favorite picks of the week since May of 2015, go to sunspotscomics.com. That's right. There's links to everything. Click on the pull list to see the just updated 90 comic book titles that I'm currently reading. 90 great ones, gotta tell you. And also, click on top comic books of the week to see all of my past top comic book picks. They're all there. So you can see all the best stuff right there cataloged for you. And I update my tiny little website every single week. Please go check it out. It's sunspotscomics.com. And thank you also to our sponsor, Cryptid Zoo. My buddy Julian hand makes these awesome augmented reality t-shirts based on cryptozoology that's right there are no other cryptozoology cryptozoology t-shirts out there 
that I can find. Anyway, and all you do is you take your smartphone and your eight, this HP Reveal app, and you pair them together, and you point it at a CryptoZoo t-shirt, and they come to life. you got to see this. It's like this unique video presentation that happens on your phone from looking at a CryptoZoo shirt. <laughs> I just got my awesome new Sriracha Cockatrice shirt. I absolutely love it. I recommend that one. <laughs> um, but most importantly, go to CryptoZoo.com and use the promotional code SUNSPOTSCOMICS, and you will get 25% off of your order. That is cryptidzoo.com. And please tune in next week for issue 202 of the Sunspots Comics Podcast, where I will be reading 13 new comic books that are on my pull list for New Comic Book Day, April 3rd, which is a nice medium-ish sized week. That's pretty good, 13. And new number ones, there are going to be five new number ones that I'm definitely going to check out next week. And I hope they're excellent so I can tell you about them because it's something special when you can jump right into a new number one. And I try to definitely highlight that here on the Sunspots Comics Podcast. Oh, one that I'm really excited about next week for April 3rd, new comic book day, is uh, Marvel's War of the Realms, issue number one. So they've been building up to that, leading up to that. They've been highlighting it with banners on a lot of the Marvel Comics titles that the War of the Realms is upon us. It's happening next week, issue number one of six. And uh, that's that's coming out. Giant Killers is another one that I'm very interested in. Uh, issue number one. Uh, Major X. A lot of people have been hearing about Major X. It's ro- created by Rob Liefeld. It's a new character. I think he's drawing it as well. So we'll see how that goes. So I definitely just have to tune into that. Uh, Section Zero from Image is another one that I'm really looking forward to. Uh, and Walking Dead number 190. I still have... Been reading Walking Dead since issue number one, and number 190 comes out next week. So a lot of great stuff coming in, so you should definitely tune in to Sunspots Comics Podcast 201 next week. And don't forget, we have a Sunspots Comics pledge here. We will read a bunch of brand new comic books, but only recommend to you the greatest of them. So you can save some time and save some money. That's what it's all about. So please help us out by telling someone about that, telling a nerdy loved one about the Sunspots Comics Podcast. And please, if you can, give us a five-star review with just a few positive words on iTunes. It really means a lot to us. If you do so, I will actually give you a shout-out on a future podcast, and I will even mail you a comic book prize package with just some good, some free comic book goodies. I'll mail out to your home as just a small little thank you and token of my appreciation. So get on that. We would really appreciate it. And by the way, every link, every site, every person, everything I've mentioned and discussed on this podcast, it is all in the podcast notes. They're all there with links to everything so you can get to stuff rather quickly. So go check out those podcast notes. And also, thank you. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed the Sunspots Comics podcast. I sincerely appreciate you finding us. I hope I threw out a little energy and positivity your way and and got you kind of inspired to go read some new comics because that's really what it's all about. And also, happy birthday to my wonderful, wonderful wife, Patsy. I love you. I'm looking forward to celebrating with you tonight. That's right. We got some plans, some things set up. But uh, happy birthday, Patsy. And also, I'll leave you with, just like our good friend Stan used to say, hang loose, heroes. And, of course, to be continued.
same For the stories where the hero saves the girl somehow Where the no further friends, the adventure never ends We will save the world somehow It's Sunspots Comics now